You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake. And today, we're here to talk to you about the most powerful spell a mortal can cast. Wish. So, like I just said in the intro, Wish is the most powerful spell in the game, flat out. And it is also an enormously debated topic. And I have a hunch that you and I, Nathan, are going to have different opinions on how to go about using this spell. As we usually do. It is a ninth level spell, making it the highest tier spell in the game and the most powerful of them. Uh, first things first, I'm just going to go ahead and read through the entirety of it, and then we are going to have a lot to talk about for the spell itself. Okay, as I said, it's a ninth level spell. It only takes one action to cast. There is no lengthy casting time to it. It only requires a verbal component, and it has a duration of instantaneous, which means that as soon as the wish is spoken, it happens instantly and is not dispellable. So, here's the actual text of the spell. Wish is the mightiest spell a mortal creature can cast. By simply speaking aloud, you can alter the very foundations of reality in accord with your desires. The basic use of this spell is to duplicate any other spell of 8th level or lower. You don't need to meet any requirements in that spell, including costly components. The spell simply takes effect. Alternatively, you can create one of the following effects of your choice. You create one object of up to 25,000 gold pieces in value that isn't a magic item. The object can be no more than 300 feet in any dimension, and it appears in an unoccupied space you can see on the ground. You allow up to 20 creatures that you can see to regain all hit points and you end all effects on them described in the Greater Restoration spell. You grant up to 10 creatures that you can see resistance to a damage type you choose. 
you grant up to 10 creatures you can see immunity to a single spell or other magical effect for eight hours. For instance, you can make yourself and all your companions immune to a lich's life drain attack. You undo a single recent event by forcing a reroll of any roll made within the last round, including your last turn. Reality reshapes itself to accommodate the new result. For example, a wish spell could undo an opponent's successful save, a foe's critical hit, or a friend's failed save. You can force the reroll to be made with advantage or disadvantage, and you can choose whether to use the reroll or the original roll. You might be able to achieve something beyond the scope of the above examples. State your wish to the GM as precisely as possible. The GM has great latitude in ruling what occurs in such an instance. The greater the wish, the greater likelihood that something goes wrong. The spell might simply fail. The effect you desire might only be partly achieved, or you might suffer some unforeseen consequence as a result of how you worded the wish. For example, wishing that a villain were dead might propel you forward in time to a period when that villain is no longer alive, effectively removing you from the game. Similarly, wishing for a legendary magic item or artifact might instantly transport you to the presence of the item's current owner. The stress of casting the spell to produce any effect other than duplicating another spell weakens you. After enduring that stress, each time you cast a spell until you finish a long rest, you take 1d10 necrotic damage per level of that spell. This damage can't be reduced or prevented in any way. In addition, your strength drops to 3 if it isn't 3 or lower already, or 2d4 days. For each of those days that you spend resting and doing nothing more than light activity, your remaining recovery time decreases by 2 days. Finally, there is a 33% chance that you are unable to cast Wish ever again if you suffer this stress. And this is available to sorcerers and wizards on their spell lists. So, uh, before we get into all the full analysis, just what's your thoughts on the spell itself, Nathan? So, I, I find Wish to be um, very much a case of... It can be pretty fun to use, especially uh, when messing around with players. The spell itself actually has a lot of um, rules and such that makes sh- make sure that the players can't abuse it too um, seriously. Giving the making it very clear that the DM has incredible amount of scope over the spell, uh, making it so that yeah, that suggesting a bunch of ways that the players can use it, and basically showing what it's like power ranges without any failure and what it's um a past that point uh where you get into the bit more of it's up to the dm and i see that as to be honest of some of like i think it's really well thought out as a spell for the most part i agree with you so before i go into analysis of the spell itself i do just want to throw one caveat in front of this conversation which is one problem that I have. Well, I have a few problems and we'll get into more of them later. But first things first, most people who use Wish in their games, I feel miss part of the point of it, which is that Wish as a spell only becomes available at 17th level to wizards or sorcerers or potentially bards with their magical secrets or uh, arcana cleric also can grab onto it. But the point being at 17th level, you are in the top tier of beings in your world, in theory, unless you have very different rules for your own homebrew world. But 
assuming the basics of the game that 20 is the normal maximum. But there's a weird thing that DMs often use purposefully mean interpretations of wish unnecessarily. And that is a habit that I would like to just they don't. Back when we did the social contract episode, rule one, don't be a dick. And that really does still apply even at that level to both players and DMs. As a player, if you are stupidly greedy, you deserve what the DM will do in response. But from the DM side, don't fuck over your players unless there's a good reason for it. If they happen to word the wish particularly poorly, or if they happen to just be a complete dick in what they're wishing for. But if they just wish, you know, I just wish for, you know, some simple thing. I wish, uh, okay, using the object appearance, though, I wish an apartment building would spring up in the lower income neighborhood to help the poor. It pops up. And crushes a neighborhood. Exactly. See, why? There's no reason to be a dick about it when they're trying to do something helpful that is perfectly within the listed potential effects of the spell. Why do so many DMs insist on being a dick with it for every single use of wish? It's wish. It is supposed to be usable. Indeed. Um, it's not like a, a genie's kind of wish or that basically a, a case where it's a monkey paw wish. It's not that. It's something that the player is basically given as like, you can generally speaking trust this to do what you want it to, unless what you, what you want it to is too extreme, at which point the magic becomes so-called chaotic in a way where it doesn't exactly do what you want. And even when it does trigger an unexpected effect, uh, part of the phrasing of wish seems to imply that magic will take the most literal, simple path to do the effect. It'll teleport you to the item you want, or it'll fling you forwards in time, which is an effect that other spells can kind of do, like imprisonment. So magic will take the path of least resistance. So if it's harder to do a mean thing, just don't. If they've survived all the way to level 17 and chosen wish, good on them. Let them have their reward for reaching that point. <laughs> and it, it would be pretty sad if you were like, yes, I finally got wish. There's a small chance that you, the player will just straight up and lose it because of the 30% thing, right? Mm-hmm. 33% chance if you do anything except replicate an 8th level or lower spell. In which case... It really makes it very clear to the players and to the DMs that this is something that is very, very limited. It's very special. Henceforth, you should give more leeway when it comes to wish, especially because it's something that is of incredible rarity. Right. That is a thing you should think about both as a DM when you're first getting your players close to it, but even earlier, just when you're world building. A thing that I think is very important to know or at least have thought about somewhat how many people in your world can cast wish because it is an effect that is extraordinarily powerful so just think about how many people can cast wish and also how many people could but have lost it over time and that is just an interesting part of world building is just who are the magical movers and shakers that have that ability so backtracking a bit to something that you actually said that i think is worth going back to you mentioned a genie wish that could be a little more on the monkey paw side of things and that 
is a thing that does exist in D&D. There are multiple ways to get Wish. There is the fact that the spell itself can be gained by players. There is also a handful of magic items that allow the casting of Wish through them. And there actually are genies called Afrit that have the ability to grant wishes in D&D. So one other thing to think about, as it, from the DM side especially, do different sources of wish affect the interpretation that you'll choose to use? So in the event of, you know, a trapped genie, are they going to be a little meaner about it purposefully? And because that is a story reason, that would be an acceptable reason of why you're doing the monkey paw style wish, in which case your players ought to potentially be more careful about how they word it. Or if it's from an item that is a completely neutral source that is just shaping the magic, in which case could you specifically do the path of least resistance for that one, as it is no directing thought behind it to shape the magic, really. It's just your words and the magic itself. So how you choose to use the interpretation can vary, potentially, based on the source of the wish. So we talked about the fact that it is just a verbal spell. And that also is a little detail that has some kind of interesting implications. So that does mean that even if your wizard is tied up and can't move their hands, has no material component, so that's an unnecessary thing. It only requires their voice. So if you're in a dangerous situation, if you can just, even if your wizard is gagged for a moment, if you can just and just get them to, what, what was that? I wish we were free. Like the fact that it is a very quick potential spell to cast is an enormously underrated aspect of it. Uh, on the other hand, there are a number of flaws with the spell that make it more dangerous. So the spell itself lists a lot of effects that you can choose from to use and mentions that it can be more with the interpretation. But the phrasing of that stress at the bottom is very particular. You get that potential loss of the spell and all of those other bad effects if you do any effect besides cast the spell of 8th level or lower. So all of those effects that they list would still trigger the stress and potentially have you lose the ability to cast Wish. So even though it's the ones that are listed, you still cannot use any of them without risking the loss of Wish. The only safe use of Wish is to duplicate other spells of 8th level or lower. And that is a rather significant flaw. However, the fact that Wish does have that one ability that can be done with no chance of losing the spell. So able to be done safely with just the verbal component as an action is still enormously powerful. Uh, actually, before I go into examples of it, I just want to reiterate what uh, some of the details of that that are particularly important. You can duplicate any spell of 8th level or lower. You don't need to meet any requirements including components. The spell simply takes effect. Note that it does not say other wizard spells or other sorcerer spells. It simply says any spell, and it instantly takes effect. But the casting time doesn't matter. The components don't matter. So the immediate one that comes to mind, for me at least, is Raise Dead or Resurrection. This use of wish can be used to allow wizards and sorcerers 
to have a form of resurrection magic with no components cast in a single turn. Wow. <laughs> like originally when I was thinking of it, I was like, hey, um, yeah, it does seem like the entire thing with like the special kind of stuff that you can't do um, with normal spells would make Wish a bit more, what do you call that? Seem a bit Versatile. more. Yeah. And then I was like, well, after you just said that, I was like, oh, holy shit. That's yes. really, really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. The most power, the mightiest spell a mortal creature can cast is the first sentence of the spell and a lot of fun to say out loud. Can, can you imagine? It's just like, big bad, power kill. Ah. And then it's like, uh, wish that's ninth bad. level. Oh, balls. No, no, no. I'm saying, no, I'm saying that let's say somebody uses power with kill, right? Mm-hmm. And then fuck you, they're back. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, they're back. It's yes. like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And the only downside to that side of things for resurrection in particular is that true resurrection is a ninth level. So that one cannot be duplicated, but any of the lesser versions can be. So from revivify to raise dead to resurrection itself. Uh, or you could even go with the druid side of things with a reincarnate, which is also particularly useful because I don't remember the exact phrasing offhand, but the reincarnation one that druids have can even work even if there's severe damage to the body, which is not usable when for any of the other spells uh, less than true resurrection. True resurrection, you don't even need a body to bring someone back. But everything else, the body still has to be at least be mostly intact. But reincarnate also partially gets around that as an option, which particularly useful. So even besides that, there are a number of other spells that are particularly useful. A lot of them particularly for bad guys, but also some of them just on the fun side of things. So another one from the Druid spell list in particular, Awaken grants sentience to a beast or plant. And because you don't need to worry about casting time and you don't need to worry about component cost, Awaken is normally, I want to say like 5,000 gold in components to cast. And with Wish, just no, just instantly, you know, your, you know, battle, your ranger's battle companion is fully sentient now. Or if you're trying to spy on somebody, you can make their cat sentient and just bribe it with tuna to tell you what, you know, the the evil villain is scheming like they're petting their cat not knowing that it's now alive <laughs> somebody has to use that on sally oh god <laughs> or for all we know it already has been and that's why he's so attached to it maybe, he's just maybe. shy and doesn't want to talk around us <sighs> magic gets weird <laughs> all right uh so another particularly useful one so uh nathan you and i have talked a little bit before about a spell called simulcrum which creates a magical copy of a creature. It is very expensive, it takes a long time to cast, but is a useful thing. But once again, Wish, because of the fact that you can use Wish to just instantly cast the spell, you can use it to just have a copy instantly. And that copy will have your full abilities minus the spell slot that creates it. So if you use Wish to cast Simulcrum, then you would not have a ninth level spell slot available for it, which is unfortunate. But also, having a simulcrum while you have the ability to cast Wish as a character is one of those potentially game-breaking combinations that, for the most part, just 
makes a DM throw up their hands and say, congratulations, you've won D&D. This is fucking ridiculous. So there is a cheat, sort of. I do have to say, one thing that has come to mind, imagine this uh, player. So what level spell is Simochrome again? Less than nine. Exactly. So can you imagine somebody has Simochrome and Wish and they cast both of them? Now they have two Simochromes with themselves. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not thinking big enough. Come on. You can create an infinite chain of simulcrums. <laughs> because the thing is, the oh, freedom yeah, yeah, of... fucking simulcrum can cost simulcrum. Well, hold on, it gets better, depending mm. on perspective. Better or worse, we'll, we'll, that could be argued. So, if you cast simulcrum the normal way, and not by using Wish, then your simulcrum will have a ninth level spell slot, and your simulcrum can cast Wish. This is considered one of the most game-breaking combinations in the game. Because I call hacks. Absolutely. This is, this is absolutely the thing that makes more than any other combo in the game to say, fuck it, you win. Because your simulcrum can cast Wish. Your simulcrum could potentially also cast simulcrum. And then you just have an infinite number of simulcrums of yourself that all have ninth level spell slots. So that is infinite wishes. And because of the fact that it is a simulcrum and not you yourself casting wish, even if the simulcrum loses the ability to cast wish, who fucking cares? It's a goddamn simulcrum. Right. It's, you know, it's your copy. You still have it. So, yeah, it is ridiculous. And you can just have infinite simulcrum. So you have an infinite army of 17th level spellcasters once you are able to do that. So you just you win or you just have all of them with the ability to cast wish or it just it 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 just it is game breaking to the point where they actually had to make a ruling for adventurers league games like the uh, official play D&D that a simulcrum does count as you for the purpose of uh the loss of wish but that's kind of cheap in my eyes that they made that choice and it's still not published in any book that that is the case so I don't follow that. Like, I believe that the simulcrum wish combo is legal in a game that I'm running. But at the same time, if you have someone who begins to spam that, that's the kind of thing that would be like all hands on deck. This fucker needs to go down because if you have one person who can do this, well, there's almost certainly others who've also figured it out. So at least in my own world, there is a council of immortals whose kind of job it is, is to keep down the shenanigans of the people who are dickish about this. And that's just kind of their whole shtick is dealing with the high level magic users in the world who figure out immortality or who figure out the many game breaking combos that do exist. You found the bugs in this world. Well done. (laughs) I mean, it's just the simple logic, as I love to do, of, okay. If such a thing exists and I could figure it out, a wizard who is so much smarter than I myself am would also have thought of it. And so there would be some kind of system in place monitoring it, I would hope. Anyway, uh, that is a long tangent. And as fun as it is, we shouldn't uh, spend the whole episode just on that aspect of things. So another fun potential bad guy option, or I suppose good guys can use it too, just less commonly. There's a spell called clone that after 120 days basically 
gives you a younger version of your own body if you want it. And if you die, instead of moving on, your soul goes to the new body. It's very expensive and it does take 120 days to mature. However, wish. So with especially if you also use the simulcrum combo, just simulcrum, wish clone, simulcrum, wish clone, simulcrum, wish clone. Okay, I have a thousand clones scattered across the world. So anytime I die, I'll just go to the nearest one. And in the event that I do die a couple of times, then I can always just repeat and get back to that nice thousand even number. So that's why there is a council of immortals is people who figured this out are pretty goddamn near unkillable. All right. Anyway, so that's some of the ways to break the world with wish. Let's backtrack into actual, uh, let's say, proper uses of the spell. So one that actually does make a lot more sense to do and is also a lot of fun. There's a spell called Glyph of Warding, which is interesting because that is a spell where you just set any kind of trigger you want. And then when that trigger happens, you can either have a just burst of magic go off or you can have a spell glyph go off that you set a spell in to trigger. And the reason that that is particularly of interest is the fact that glyph of warding lasts until dispelled. It has no actual time limit of expiration. It lasts until it is triggered. So this combo, Glyph of Warding and Wish potentially, can be used to explain all of that kind of layer shenanigans that like a legendary Archmage might have. So you have all of these Glyphs of Warding everywhere. And you can just use this even mid-battle to just, you know, wish a Glyph of Warding into place to give yourself the fly spell or to give a debuff to your enemy, buff to yourself, damage to your enemies. So you can just have a dozen fireballs go off when you say the word boom. It is oh, That's a, pretty epic. Right? And it's such a simple spell. Like Glyph Awarding itself is only a third level spell. And just having it available is a lot of fun. And there's also uh, another version, slightly more powerful, arguably, or just different, called Symbol, which is very similar but one of its effects is that, what was it, fear, I want to say, that takes an intelligence saving throw for a big area when triggered. And intelligence saving throws are probably the rarest in the game that people are good at. So it is so easy to get up to shenanigans with those spells. And honestly, you don't even really need the wish side to make that work. That just makes it fun to make it instant and free. But considering the fact that that is duplication of a spell, if you cast a Glyph of Warding as an eighth level spell, and just have those everywhere. That is a good, safe use of your daily wish that does not have any risk of losing the ability. So just in terms of what to use your daily wish for, that is worth consideration because if you have, you know, a time on your hands to set up a wizard tower, you can have, you know, over years, you could have thousands of glyphs everywhere, which makes a horrifically dangerous place. Anyway, uh, back to more focus on Wish once again. So there, I did mention that there are the flaws to the spell that irk me. So one of them is the fact that they list all of those really cool things that you could potentially do with Wish. And then say right after that, oh yeah, all those cool things, you can't do them without risking losing the spell. And, and that kind of pisses me off. Like, it'd be one thing to just say that, okay, you could do these 
and it's, you know, a 50-50 shot or, you know, a better odds or it only happens if you cast a spell, you know, more than once in a week or something. Why would they list all of those cool things just to immediately say, oh, by the way, you can't do that. You can only use it to duplicate spells. I would say it's most likely a case where if they just left it out there, it would wouldn't give um, DMs enough information to know where would be pushing it basically with the wish spell. But if they, you know, counter that, if they just said you can duplicate spell, you can do these things. And then to just say anything more than that has a chance of stress. That's a fair enough point, I would say. Because anything on that list actually, is actually, relatively reasonable. Yes, what? I, I would agree with what you're saying. However, I, I think I, I, I understand to some point what they're trying to say here, because otherwise, outside of these s- s- scenarios that they've listed, it's basically a basically better, uh, you can cast any spell underneath it, but faster and easier, right? So how I see it is that it's basically them saying, okay, uh, balance-wise, we know that all these spells, right, have already rules that we've made it so that it won't do things too, too powerful. And then these, there's these things that are on a different level, could do stuff on a different level. So maybe it's that kind of situation where it does something that none of the other spells can do, and so it gets different rules for these special instances. Yeah, like I do understand the reasoning of it, but just the fact that they list that and then immediately say, but nah, just irks me. I, I, maybe it just could have been better phrased of just, here are examples, but... But the fact that they list them and then talk about, oh, yeah, you can't. <sighs> anyway, that's just the thing that irks me about it. Uh, I will say there are some interesting and interesting things in that list. So I did read them off, but just to really think about. So one object up to 25,000 gold in value that can be no more than 300 feet in any dimension. So that basically means with that use of wish, mansion, mansion mansion apartment building mansion apartment building skyscraper i mean twenty five thousand gold is a big building and anything and it could be up to a 300 foot cube i mean hell you could use that to just make like an enormous block of granite or something like that could you imagine if you're just in a cave and they just conjure up a solid slab of granite to just block you know 300 feet of tunnel like Oh shit, there's mind flayers there. Fuck that. I wish that this entire oh, thing was plugged with stone. That's that sounds morbid because can you imagine like a couple years later somebody's like mining and stuff and then they find these weird gaps in the stone with skeletons in them? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that kind of thing could be, you know, part of the reason why the drow are so pissed off is that there just was like some elf archmage centuries ago who just locked them in a little more literally than in most interpretations it's like oh gosh i'm I'm, I'm stuck in the stone jeez what do i do can you imagine how terrifying that would be just being mm. encased in stone it, it's like a fucking nightmare for some people actually i think anyone would get like claustrophobia after that yeah not to mention if you had you know magic of some kind that makes it so you don't need to breathe imagine if you just oh, like uh, fucking centuries well, I mean, you'd still die of starvation first, but that'd still be oh, yeah, a really, really terrible way to go to be frozen, immobile in stone for, well, like two or three days until you die of thirst. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. That'd fucking suck. Right? That would be maddening. 
<laughs> Why do we always go dark? I am here. My name's Nathan and I run with like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also, uh, skipping a bit, uh, the grant up to 10 creatures that you can see resistance to a damage type you choose. That, I would actually say, is a severely underappreciated one that I don't really see come up often. Because one very, very important factor to that one specifically, it doesn't have a duration. So that would grant 10 creatures permanent resistance to a damage type each time that ability was to be oh my used. God. Can you imagine? You, you right. tie that in the Simulacrum <laughs> uh, spell. You would become immune mm-hmm. to all damage. So the whole party is not immune, oh, but resistant, resistant to, to everything. All, all damage. Oh, isn't that like carving? Yes. Yes. So yes, imagine it is. like your barbarian who already halves like half damage from everything. Double half. Oh well, yeah. No, it would not have again. No, it doesn't double. No. Oh, that's they just have resistance oh, already. But you could use it to shore up that weakness to psychic damage that bar- that bear barbarians have. That, that, that's pretty impressive. Still. Or it would make it so it's not reliant on raging for the barbarian. So just, or you could even do it. I mean, I would argue that if you can grant 10 creatures resistance to a damage type, why couldn't you give a creature 10 resistances at once? That wouldn't follow logic to yeah, me. Yeah, it seems fair enough, to be honest. <laughs> so just give them bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, uh, I fire, am your cold, new god. Crime. I have come. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, if you're a caster that gets wish and you use wish to give yourself 10 damage resistances and even if you lose it i would argue that might be worth it to get permanent resistance to damn near every damage type that's really fucking good i i mean like it's one of those things where you're like i mean i could have the utter possibility of a wish i could have the utter like fucking just come at me bro (laughs) just the potential of life yeah yeah and it's really cool or all right so moving on once again to more potential wish shenanigans and this is the kind of thing where even i would hesitate to allow but technically i don't see anything logically wrong with it i wish to not suffer stress when i cast wish you no longer feel stress for anything i'm okay with that i have anxiety that'd be great that'd be nice no but that doesn't sound (laughs) like a bad thing to be honest it sounds like a good thing Except for that one moment where your party is like, geez, look, it's the thing that can kill us. And you're like, I got this. I got this. And you just get fucking, you just fucking die. And then everyone's like, oh no, he died. (sighs) Yeah, living without fear definitely would have its downsides. And that would actually be a pretty interesting interpretation of how to use that one. And that'd be pretty cool. No, but I I have to say, it would be very good for the story as well because it would create this Mm -hmm. unique character flaw. That that exactly hard to play though yeah good point but it'd be but if you have a player who could pull it off that'd be really cool and that would be a really interesting way to go about that so there is one more loophole that i can think of that is somewhat harder in that it would require two people who can cast wish which difficult you have the two of them agree to be allies hopefully it's like two people who who partied together for long enough to actually trust each other. But in theory, this could work for any two people who can cast Wish. You know, Caster A loses the ability to cast Wish. Caster B, I wish that they can cast Wish again. And then you just make sure that only one of them casts Wish at a time. And then even if one of them loses it, the other restores it. And that would make sense. And that would be logical. And the rarity of having two people who actually 
get along well enough to limit their own wishes in such a way, I'd be okay using that one. I mean, it's fun to think about. Just wish is infinitely useful spell. Even if you do stick to the normal limitation of only duplicating other spells, it is enormously powerful, enormously versatile. The ability to use any class's spell list, any other spell except for the very, very top tier is amazing. And then if you do make the choice to allow the greater uses of Wish, which I highly recommend because honestly, it is fun. And the whole point of this is to have fun. And so just use Wish. Players, don't get overly greedy in what you wish for. DMs, don't punish your players unnecessarily. I wish you all well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Just start as low as a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, we'll be able to chat with the cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter at Riffwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake, and on Reddit, on the subreddit r slash Podcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules, at gmail.com. Have a good one. Bye! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.